Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, it is Thursday. That means it's crossover Thursday. We get a preview of the next opponent up on the schedule for the Silver and Black, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers coming to town. Allegiant Stadium, Sunday night football, prime time, baby. It's coming up on Thursday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, September 21st, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Just win. your team Just every win. day. Just win. Welcome in, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Lockdown Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. Of course, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, we thank you in a major way. show is growing, and we definitely appreciate that. And we appreciate my man, Ari. does a great job each and every day getting us up on YouTube, making sure we're looking good and sounding good. And we definitely shout him out. You can check him out on Twitter at Ari Produces. You can check me out on Twitter as well, at your boy Q254. And normally, we have the Lockdown Raider Podcast voice mail line at 707-654-4693. We won't have any calls or texts on today's show. It is the crossover edition. We have three segments of breakdown between the Steelers and the Raiders. Week three action, prime time at Allegiant Stadium. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to being back in Allegiant Stadium. So that's all coming up on today's show. I want to remind you that today's crossover edition is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL. Use the promo code. It's all lowercase, NFL for our first deposit match up to $100. I'll tell you a lot more about them later on in the show, but let me go ahead and hit you with some news and notes real quick before we get into part one of the crossover edition and really just want to give you an update on Chandler Jones. Uh, of course, he's been uh, missing in action from the Silver and Black since uh, around Labor Day. Uh, hasn't really been missing in action as far as you don't know where he is, but he hasn't been with the team. So a lot of people have been wondering what's the latest and the greatest when it comes to him. Ian Rappaport from NFL.com, NFL Network, put out a tweet on Wednesday saying, Sources, Raiders pass rusher Chandler Jones has been placed on the non-football illness list as he deals with a personal issue. The team has stood behind him and no one has ruled out a return if his situation improves. And I think we all were smart enough to know that this was more than a, well, the player's not getting along with the coach type situation, right? I think everyone realized at some point, maybe not immediately, but at some point, especially when you start to see the social media posts that Chandler Jones was putting out there, that, okay, this is serious. And there's something really, you know, strange going on, and, and hopefully everything is okay with Chandler and his mentals and just the, the man, not the football player. At least that's where I've been standing. I'm more worried about the man himself than I am the football player. He's got plenty of money. He's got plenty of, uh, you know, he's got plenty of records and, and, and stats. I mean, he's, he's had a hell of a career. His legacy is fine. I'm worried about him off the field, and hopefully he's getting whatever kind of help he may need. Uh, looks like the Raiders are standing by him, and they put him on the NFI list. So uh, everyone's like, okay, cute. so what does that mean? I had a lot of that on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Wednesday. Well, let's put it like this, and Tashawn Reed from The Athletic really broke it down perfect. He said the Raiders aren't required to pay Chandler Jones' base salary while he's on the NFI list, but they've already paid out most of his money this season due to a restructure in April. Jones' base salary is just $1.165 million. So uh, he's already based basically got his money. But the real benefit that this uh, putting him on the non-football illness list is the value is the freeing up of the roster spot. That's something that Vinny Bonsignor actually asked head coach Josh Daniels about on Monday. You know, hey, as long as Chandler Jones is still on the roster, he's taking up a roster spot, and those are very valuable. So now the Raiders have an open roster spot. They can fill that void, and Chandler Jones is still on the non-football illness list. They don't have to pay him, but as Tashawn pointed out, 
most of his salary has already been paid. Uh, it's only $1.165 million left in base salary the rest of this year. So that's just kind of the latest update on Chandler Jones. It's not a whole lot, but as I mentioned, man, clearly there's something going on that is way bigger than football, way bigger than sports. It really boils down to his mental health and where he's at. And again, I pray for the man himself, hoping that he is okay. Uh, there's an injury report that came out, but I won't go over it for today. There'll be one later on, uh, coming up later on this afternoon. We'll get one. We always get it on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and then 90 minutes before kickoff, we find out who's active and who's inactive. So uh, we'll get one later on this afternoon. Of course, we'll bring that along on Friday's edition of the Lockdown Raiders podcast. But Devontae Adams, for the most part, uh, good to go. He was a full participant. Coach McDaniel said that on Monday, so that's really good. And there was a few other guys that were on the list, but uh, I think for the most part, the Raiders are getting healthy in some key positions. So uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into part one of the crossover edition. Chris Carter, host of Locked On Steelers, and myself breaking all things down, just talking Raiders and Steelers, week three action, prime time, Allegiant Stadium. Here's part one of the crossover edition. Q, we're back, baby. We <laughs> haven't done a Locked On NFL show for a bit because you had you you doing big time stuff with ESPN. <laughs> But it's always fun to do shows with you, brother. I'm glad to be back on the screen. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And I'll tell you off top, man, I had Raider Nation hit me up and say, you tell that Chris Carter, you tell that Locked On Steelers guy, there is only one nation. So I got that out of the way off top. I had to get that off to the top, right? That's what Raider Nation said. They told me to pass the message along, so I definitely had to do that. Not that they're wrong, because they're not wrong, but I just wanted to pass the message along. But it is good to be back with you. I mean, there are wrong. Literally, Steeler Nation Radio was established before Raider Nation Radio. But whatever, we don't have to get into that. Let's get, <laughs> it's fine. But let's let's get into talking about these teams right now. Both yeah. teams one and one, and both teams, I think neither would could say they're satisfied with how they've looked in their first two weeks. And look, like you still, you, a win is a win. Like right. the Steelers aren't going to apologize for winning the game against the Browns, but they're also not going to look at it posit- positively and say, "Oh yeah, things are just." Hunky dory right now because they've been able to do it. But if you're if you're the Raiders, you're probably feeling the same way. Yes, you eked out a win over the Broncos, a division win in Week One, and that's huge. But then you know the Bills, the, the, you played the Bills on the road, and that was rough. You get your first home game right now. What is the identity of this Raiders team right now, and what do they want it to be? Well, you know that's the thing about it, man. They're still trying to identify it, and I think that, and this is just me going off of what I believe based off of last year. I think they want to be a team that's able to have the power running game, and then open it up and spread the ball around. Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, when he's healthy, Hunter Renfro's there, uh, even though he hasn't been very much involved so far in the season. I believe it all starts though with Josh Jacobs, the guy who led the league in rushing a year ago, and you know around this time of the season last year, the Raiders were trying to identify themselves as well. They were trying to figure out who they were. Were they going to be a pass team uh, where they throw the ball around the yard a lot? Was it going to be led by Josh Jacobs? And at some point around week four or five, Josh Jacobs identified himself, right, and made himself known as he is the identity of the team, and that's how they went the rest of the season. I believe that that's what they're trying to get back to this year, only with parts that are more familiar with Coach McDaniels and what they want to do, obviously led by quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo as opposed to Derek Carr. But so far through two weeks, that identity hasn't really been established yet. And uh, for the for Josh Jacobs in that running game a week ago, I mean, nine carries, negative two yards. That's not going to happen too often to a leading rusher, right, in the, in the league. Yeah. So uh, that's obviously got to get cleaned up quick, fast, and hurry. And it's going to be a big challenge this week against uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who we all saw on Monday night have a really good defense, and the defense lead the way to their, uh, their win against the Browns. So it should be interesting to see the Raiders try to establish an identity this upcoming Sunday night. For the Steelers, Chris, what, what would you say you think the identity of the team is? 
Man, it's the the defense saving the the offense's butts right now. That's that's <laughs> that's the, the identity. identity help! Is. Help! Is, <laughs> hell, exactly. Like, please come and say, come and win this game. I even jo- I was joking uh, in the press box, but I wasn't joking. I was actually serious. But I I said, you know, at one point when the Browns took the lead back, I'm like, well, it looks like the Steelers' defense is going to have to score two more touchdowns for them to win this game. They scored one more touchdown, but right. that's all they needed, right. and they, they they scored 14 points in that last game. It's ridiculous how how they did that. And they've done this a few times over the past few years where the defense has carried the team. But they're also carrying the team in a bit unconventional way right now. What should give the Raiders some hope right now, the Steelers are next to last in, in rushing defense right now. Mm. They've given up the second – they've given up the 31st uh, least – the 31st best at stopping the run right now. Granted, so they're not good is what you're saying. <laughs> they're terrible. They're terrible right now. And part of it is they're dealing with, with some injuries. Cam yeah. Hayward was lost was in out. the first like half of the season, uh, first half of the first game of the season, and he won't be back until the second half of the season. So there are some alarming bells there. They've got a whole new linebacker core. Um, I do think that they're going to see a little bit of improvement on their part uh, as they keep moving forward because I think guys like Braden Fajoko are being promoted, and he's more of a run stuffer than Montrevious Adams. I think Keanu Benton, the rookie they got out of Wisconsin, is stepping up. But this is a group that Mike Tomlin acknowledged that like we, we have not played the kind of football that we want to play yet when we talked to him on Tuesday, uh, and that's despite the uh, the defensive pass rush being there. And be and, and and being helpful. Um, and actually, I I I, I, I got to correct myself. They were dead. They are dead last in rushing defense. I was looking at the rushing offense. Josh which is, Jacobs, which is do you hear that? Last. Josh Jacobs, do you hear that? Their running defense is not very good. Maybe that that rush that I was talking about for the Raiders. Maybe it gets established this week. It needs to be established if you're the Raiders this yep. week. If you don't do it against the Steelers and you let the Steelers run defense find its footing. It could become a long day. Offensively, the Steelers also still have a lot to prove there. Yeah. They've hit on they've hit on some touchdowns in their first couple games here. Uh, the seventy one yard touchdown to George Pickens was a highlight of, of the game. But Kenny Pickett has not looked as con- the, like the consistent quarterback we saw in the preseason and throughout training camp. He doesn't even look like the quarterback that we saw towards the end of last season, where he had four game winning drives to help the Steelers find a winning record at the end of the season. But I do think part of that comes from this this being an, an offense he's still he's still adapting to NFL play and he's played two very good defenses the Niners yeah. defense I think might be the best in the NFL still they were last year they they've looked pretty good to start this year the Browns defense a talented unit that gets after you with Jim Schwartz their new defensive coordinator what's the calling card of this rating Raiders defense right now Q should the Steelers be alarmed by who they're about to face this week. Well, I mean, they should be alarmed by number 98, right? I mean, number 98 is the guy that makes everything go for the Raiders defensively. That's Mad Max Crosby. Uh, the problem is, who else is going to step up, right? And that really kind of reared its ugly head on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. The Bills decided 98's not going to wreck the game. And, Chris, we know that the NFL is a copycat league. So if they see kind of the blueprint of, all right, we're going to take this dude out and nobody else on that defense is going to step up, then it could be an easy day at the office or at least an easier day at the office for the Steelers or any other offense that's going to attack the Raiders. So uh, that's really what, you know, it's like we were talking about the identity of the team and uh, what they do offensively. The identity of the team has got to be, you know, Max Crosby is obviously the leader, but who else could compliment him? Who's going to be that guy is is the big question is somebody's got to step up and say i got this right or, or like the movie life i be the pappy right i be the pappy like <laughs> you know what i mean and, and i don't quote movies very often but i remember that one right and so somebody needs to step up and, and wave their hand and say don't worry i got you max i'm gonna compliment you chandler jones uh he's not gonna be playing uh, he's probably not gonna ever play for the raiders again he's got a lot of things going on off the field and and that's really all i know about that situation they've got a young rookie in tyree wilson that they drafted number seven overall he was coming off 
an injury out of Texas Tech. Maybe he can start to establish himself. Uh, he didn't look very good against uh, against the, the Broncos in week one. Looked a little bit better as far as get off week two against the Bills, but still was easily being blocked by offensive linemen. So uh, somebody's got to step up and say, I could be a dominant force across from Max Crosby. But right now, as far as when you look at the Raiders defense, it's Max Crosby and everybody else. Absolutely. Well, I want to get to more into those matchups because uh, both teams are going to have to watch out for edge rushers in this game. But we also got to talk about the quarterback wide receiver situation. Raiders having some scares at, at injuries, wide receivers, the Steelers missing their top wide receiver, Deontay Johnson. We'll talk about the quarterbacks, the receivers, their connection on the other side of break here on the crossover Thursday episode. So there is part one of the crossover edition. Chris Carter hosts the Lockdown Steelers and myself uh, coming together like butt cheeks. Man, we haven't uh, done a show for a while. Uh, we used to do the Locked On NFL on Friday show together and it's always good to catch up with Chris Carter he's a really good dude uh, but since I've got this uh, busy busy schedule now I don't have any opportunities to do the the Friday edition of the Locked On NFL show but uh, as I mentioned Chris Carter is a really good dude so it's definitely good to catch up with him coming up in segment number two going to talk about quarterbacks obviously they have Kenny Pickett the Raiders have Jimmy G so we'll do that in segment number two part two of the crossover edition and we'll get to that after I tell you about a couple great sponsors here including the title sponsor prize picks and I'm sure you're asking okay Q what exactly is prize picks I've never heard of them well they're the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America that's all (laughs) they're the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS it's just you against the numbers right you don't have to go up against the thousands of players pros sharks none of that you pick more or less than two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in just like that it is that simple and when I say it's that simple it really is that simple. It's the most fun that a lot of folks have had, winning up to 25 times their money for a football season. All you do, again, select two or more players, pick more or less their projected stats, and place your entry. And you can really do it quickly. You could pick your, put your, uh, your picks in in less than 60 seconds. That's one minute. Right. Just think about that. The time it takes you to look at your phone and maybe look at Twitter. Twitter will be more than a minute, but you can already have your picks in quick, fast and in a hurry. You'll test your skills. Prize picks football season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy spots. If you have the skills, you could turn ten dollars into two hundred fifty dollars with just a few taps. What do you have to do to do that? Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. I also want to tell you about Jace Medical. Jace Medical provides the Jace case, which is five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace case is fill out a simple online form, and in some cases, you might have to jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians. Get ongoing care from their physicians or any treatment-related questions. Doctors created, doctors recommended. You don't want to get caught unprepared. That is the worst-case scenario, right? Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected, and that happens all the time. Jace handles everything from online evaluations to licensed pharmacy medication, delivery, and ongoing consultation, and care. Right now, you can save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using the promo code Locked On at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's jacemedical.com. J-A-S-E medical.com. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Part two of the Locked On Raiders podcast crossover edition. Chris Carter, host of Locked On Steelers, and myself breaking all things down Steelers and Raiders as uh, it's going to be some primetime action. I'm excited about this. It is the final game on Sunday. All eyes will be on Sunday Night Football. The Raiders want to make a statement after getting beat down and beat up by the Buffalo Bills last Sunday. They have their opportunity in their own building this upcoming season or Sunday, but the quarterbacks are going to have a lot to do with that, right? Well, we start off part two of the crossover edition talking all things quarterbacks in this matchup. Check it out. Q, let's talk about these quarterbacks and receivers because this is not new. Well, it's not new for the Steelers, but they're still trying to establish it here as much as they're trying to establish an identity. Both teams are looking to establish some connection. They've, they've invested considerable value into making sure they have playmaker wide receivers. The Raiders made sure to trade for and pay Devontae Adams. Yep. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback they brought in, but uh, Q, give us an update into Adam's status. I know he had like a uh, he was he was being looked at for a concussion. Jacoby Myers was in question. How do both of them look going into the later part of the week? Well, the good news is Devontae's fine. Devontae's good to go for Sunday. We found out on Monday, Joshua Daniel said Devontae's good. Uh, he also said Jacoby Myers is still going through you know his progressions as far as the concussion protocol. He had a legit concussion uh, delivered by Kareem Jackson, who apparently he's in the business of causing concussions uh, so far for the Denver Broncos two weeks in a row. Not only did he knock out Jacoby Myers, but then he turned around and knocked out the tight end from uh, the Washington Commanders the very next week. So, uh, yeah, uh, that's that's a Kareem Jackson thing. But, no, Jacoby Myers sounds like he's progressing pretty well, but Coach McDaniels wasn't willing to say, uh, yeah, he's going to be back of, uh, you know, for Sunday just in case he has a kind of setback. But it sounds like, it feels like he's trending in the right direction. We'll probably know a lot more come Friday before they, uh, you know, before they head into the weekend and, and get ready for the game on Sunday. Uh, but I'll tell you, the, the connection between Jimmy G and Jacoby was fantastic week one obviously didn't play week two he's been on page with uh Devante both week one and week two problem is when it comes to the wide receivers and Jimmy G that's really all it's been right there hasn't been a lot of spreading the ball yeah. around and the other thing I'd like to say about it is the Raiders and their possessions have been really weird like week one against Denver they only possessed the ball six times and then week two against the Buffalo Bills they played 13 snaps in the second half so, you know what I mean? So it's not like they've really yeah. had the ball a lot. And I don't. there's a lot of different reasons for that. So maybe that's why the ball's not being spread around. But it's something that I'm paying attention to. And I think it's a big key that it has to open up. Hunter Renfro, we know he's a really good wide receiver. He had a couple seasons ago over 100 catches. He has one target, Chris, one target through that's two crazy. games. Right. So that's got to be opened up and established. And I asked Coach McDaniels about that on Monday, and he said, yeah, we uh, we had times where we could have hit Hunter and we didn't, so we've got to get him involved. So I think that that relationship between Jimmy G and the playmakers is still developing, and that's what happens mm -hmm. when you have a new quarterback. So that's definitely a storyline to watch going into this game. Can Jimmy G spread the ball around the yard to multiple guys outside of Devontae Adams, potentially Jacoby Myers, and, and the check down to Josh Jacobs? That's going to be something to really monitor and pay attention to absolutely it's something that the Steelers are monitoring on their side they're, they're not as that you know Kenny Pickett for as much as the hype was going in for him into this season he's been a bit of a disappointment in these first two games uh so far two just two touchdown passes three interceptions thrown uh and you, you look at how the, how things have played out yes Deontay Johnson has missed uh a game and a half now and he will miss about three more games at least he'll probably be gone until after the bye week as he's on injured reserve right now for the Steelers but it, I will say George Pickens has stepped up he had over 100 yards last week 127 exactly with a touchdown for the Steelers and looked like the playmaker that 
they drafted him to be out of Georgia, the guy that was overlooked because of his ACL injury going into his senior season. Um, I'll also say that this, the Steelers, I think they like what they see out of Allen Robinson and Calvin Austin, but they haven't really unlocked them yet as potential as guys who can be playmakers. Both just have seven receptions. Robinson's with 76 yards. Austin with four, with 47. Um, they The Steelers also seem to like throwing to their backup running back, Jalen Warren, who has 78 yards on nine catches. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is with Kenny Pickett, he came into this season, I'm emphasizing, not trying to force the ball anywhere, trying to make the right decisions. And in the preseason, it looked like it worked. And even, I know, yeah. even against, yes, some of those games were against backups, but those were the Bills starters that he was picking apart and looking very confident in how he was attacking the field. But now that he's faced two of the, I think, the more aggressive defenses in the NFL, LQ, I think that he's kind of you know taking his lumps and he's he's been humble about it. He's been like, hey, I have to be better. This is on me. He's not blaming anyone else. Uh, even though Steelers fans want offensive coordinator Matt Canada fired, they were chanting that <laughs> yeah. at the end of the Steelers Browns game. Um, it was it was pretty loud. Uh, but Kenny Pickett is is a guy. Again, I covered him at the University of Pittsburgh. I've covered him every year that he's been with the Steelers so far. And in my time watching him over the past four four plus years. I've seen him take accountability, and that's what makes him better, is that he doesn't shy away from his own challenges. That's why Mike Tomlin likes him so much. I think Mike Tomlin identifies with that. And it's going to be one of the things where now that you're not facing a team that has some of the best cornerbacks right. in the NFL like the Browns do or doesn't or doesn't have a team of pass rushers like the Niners do. Right. Uh, you know, the Max Crosby's a problem, and we'll get to him and, and Tyree Wilson in a bit. But this needs to be a week where Kenny Pickett does find his footing and at least puts together a solid performance. He has not been good in either of these first two games. George Pickens, I think, in the first game didn't have the chance to be good. Yeah. He was given the chance in the second game and showed, hey, I can be that guy. Kenny Pickett just has to give him the chance to be. How how important is it? I'm glad you brought up George Pickens. How important is it to get him involved in the game early as opposed to having him kind of linger out there on the field and, hey, by the way, here I am, and then I'll send him get the ball late. Like, should it be a priority for Kenny to get the ball to him, like, early, maybe on the first drive? I, I think it's vital because not only for George Pickens himself, but for this entire offense, mm-hmm. they're looking for confidence right now. This is still a very young offense. Kenny Pickett in his second year, George Pickens in his second year, Najee Harris in his third year, Pat Frymus in his third year. Uh, Dan Moore in his in his third year like this this is a group overall that is still looking to build an identity with a lot of upside to it Calvin Austin you know is his second year but first year playing because he missed all the last season this is a group that's looking to to show hey we can be this balanced threat but to be balanced you have to be able to hit in the run in the pass game and right now the way I see it the Browns and the Niners both just dared the Steelers, please throw the ball. Yeah. They played the line of scrimmage. They loaded the box. They, their linebackers were flying to the line of scrimmage. We will not let Najee Harris take over the game mm-hmm. because we know what he can do when you just let him have space. Kenny Pickett, you have to beat us. And I think that needs to be the Raiders' path in this game. Yeah. They need to plug up the run. Robert Spillane, he knows all about the Steelers. He's the new linebacker. Mike Tomlin was giving him praises uh, during his Tuesday press conference. That defense needs to make sure that Najee Harris and that run game can't get off. And they need to challenge Kenny Pickett. Hey. Can you beat us with your arm? Because you because you really didn't do it in the first two games. And if they do that, that could be what makes this game very interesting to see uh, and to see which side cracks something first on offense. I like it. I like it. It's a hell of a recipe right there. And I think that that's the one that they need to go with. That's the approach that they need to go with. And, uh, you know, make make Kenny Pickett show that he can get it to Pickens, get it to the rest of their weapons, right? And, and, and the weapons are there. They just got to go ahead and make that connection. So if a team is struggling offensively, uh, you still make it difficult. Whatever their, their uh, you know, their area of, of lacking, right, of lacking the, 
the the, the big time plays, uh, you got to go ahead and exploit that. So that's that's going to be an interesting little matchup. The Raiders defense and the and the Steelers offense. Like, how do you make Kenny Pickett operate? Right? Do you let him get comfortable, or do you kind of put some pressure on him? Do you stop the run and, and say, all right, it's on you, youngster, and see what he can do? And if he does it, then you tip the cap and you say, job well done. Uh, I think that's a hell of a recipe right there. Absolutely. As I said last week, edge rushers are key to the game, and that could be what defines this game yet again with Max Crosby, TJ Watt, but also the guys next to them in Alice Heisman and Tyree Wilson. We'll get to that on the other side of the break here on Crossover Thursday on the Locked On Podcast Network. Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers, your boy Q from Locked On Raiders. So there was part two of the crossover edition right there. Chris Carter and myself talking all things Steelers and Raiders preparing for Sunday's primetime action. Excited about that. Coming up in segment number three, we're going to talk about how the game's going to be decided, right? What's it going to take for the Steelers to win the game? What is it going to take for the Silver and Black to come away with their second victory of the season? We'll do that coming up after I tell you about bird dogs. And off top, bird dogs make you look good. Who doesn't want to look good, right? We all have a desire to look good. Why do they do that? Well, bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, which will give you a truly sculpted look. So maybe your leg don't really look as great as, you know, you would like it to. Well, bird dogs will help it look at its best and just kind of make you look a whole lot better, make you feel better. You look good, you feel good, you play good, right? That's what they say. Bird dog shorts do the exact exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. They're fixed uh, the issues by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird dog uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Bird dogs are functional for any occasion, and I mean any occasion. If you're going to Allegiant Stadium, if you're going to a bar to hang out on a Saturday night, or maybe you're going somewhere kind of fancy, maybe on a date night, you can do that all with bird dogs. They're for it really, they, they fit any single kind of occasion. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. Use the promo code locked on NFL checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com locked on NFL. You'll get a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation, segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into part three of the crossover edition. Chris Carter and myself breaking down Steelers and Raiders, and we're going to start off talking about how the game will be decided. Here's part three of the crossover edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Q, last week I told Jeff Lloyd, I said, listen, (laughs) <laughs> Everything else aside, Kenny Pickett, Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb, yeah. Najee Harris, whoever, right, was going to be decided by edge rushers. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, I didn't think it meant that T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith would both score touchdowns. I right. didn't think it was going to be right. like that. Yeah, but it was the case. They did make the difference, and they won the game for the Steelers. I think the same thing could be the case this week because on again with with uh, with the Browns, you had Zadarius Smith and you had Miles Garrett, and clearly the Steelers' edge rushers won out in that game. But I don't think the Steelers can't afford to overlook their, the Raiders' pass rushes and Max Crosby and Tyree Wilson. Tyree Wilson, a top 10 pick this uh, this, this past year. Chandler Jones, whatever he's going through, he's going through. And he would right. be a problem if he was ready to go. But Tyree Wilson was drafted high. How What has he looked like, and how does this pass rush look like with the Raiders so far? 
Tyree Wilson's been okay, right? I think most of Raider Nation would say that he hasn't looked good at all, right? I mean, I think that he started to improve a little bit last week against Buffalo as far as his get-off, at least. You know, you can see that he wasn't taking as long to, to like I say, get off the line of scrimmage and, and, and attack the play, but he still wasn't really involved. He had some hustle. You see that he's got some power and some burst, but he's got to be able to put it all together. So it's a work in progress with him. Max Crosby, again, you know what he's going to do. He's going to go 150 miles an hour. That's just kind of what he's done. That's why his name is Max, and he's got two X. Is. I mean, he just he's, it's that extra energy, extra everything that he brings to the table. I really think a guy like Jerry Tillery, who had a sack week one against Denver, is going to have to step up. A guy like Bilal Nichols, somebody, a Malcolm mm-hmm. Coots, somebody's got to step up and be that guy. Like, I don't want to put all the pressure on Tyree Wilson right now, even though, as you said, he was a top 10 pick, and that's why they draft him, right? If you pick him in the top 10, you expect him to be a difference maker. I think they're playing the long game with Tyree. I don't think it's going to be a you know immediate uh, you know a, a reaction and an immediate satisfaction when it comes to Tyree. So someone else is going to have to fill in that void, and that's going to be very interesting. I really believe that this game is going to be one in the trenches, and, and you know, it's going to have to have some kind of – Max is going to have to have some kind of help. But uh, also the Raiders' offensive line is going to obviously have their work cut out for them as far as, you know, like you said, Highsmith and T.J. Watton. The one thing I can say about the offensive line for so far for the Raiders, they haven't given up a sack yet this season. So, uh, you know, Jimmy G's been able to stay upright. Now, he's had some pressure. The Bills got some pressure on him last week. There was a couple times where he got a little hairy in the pocket, but he's been able to stand tall and deliver the ball somewhere. If it's a check down, Devontae, whatever the case may be, he's been able to get at least the ball out of his hands. So, you know, if that offensive line can continue to hold up, Colton Miller and Jermaine Illuminor have been the, the bookend tackles right now. If they can hold up against two of the better, <laughs> two of the best, I should say, pass rushers in the league with T.J. Watt and, of course, Highsmith, who they basically uh, single-handedly wrecked the game Monday night against the, the Browns. If they can do that, then the, the Raiders have a fighting chance in this game. But if those guys get off early and often, it could be a long day at the office at Legion Stadium. And look, Jimmy Garoppolo has played the Steelers before with the Niners. He knows mm-hmm. the, the deal. Get the ball out fast. Yep. That's how you try to beat. That's what Brock Purdy did with the Niners really well in week one. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson, not so much. He yeah. held onto the ball a lot and put the Steelers pass rushers and in, in, uh, you know kept them from wrecking the game, even though TJ Watt still ended up with three sacks and a forced and recovered fumble in that game. TJ Watt is going to get his. And I think that that's one of the things that teams kind of have to realize, but you have to try to neutralize as best you can. And this goes back to the Raiders' best recipe, I think, for trying to neutralize what the Steelers really do well at the edge rusher position is running the football, mm-hmm. staying ahead of the chains, not giving the Steelers third and eight, third and nine, third and 10 to defend, where Watt and Highsmith can pin their ears back and say, We're coming, Jimmy. Right. And Jimmy has to then look out for things. I think that is the, that is the Raiders' key for the second. And the Steelers, you have to be able to stuff the run. They brought up, like I said, they brought up Braden Fajoko on the defensive line. They've been looking for answers in the absence of Cam Hayward to try to do something to stop the run. I think that they showed some signs of improvement in week two, but they still showed lots of issues because they gave up another 60-yard-plus run. Granted, Levi Wallace was kind of responsible that for his giving up his gap on a, on a, on a, on a busted play. But um, I, I really think that the Steelers' defense, this needs to be a week where – they can show on like we talk about the Steelers offense. They need to show who they are. Yeah. The Steelers defense needs to show who they are. Uh, they've shown they can make big plays and we know they can make big plays. Uh, we got to see the injury status of Minka Fitzpatrick. He had a chest scare, but yeah. Mike Tomlin said he's been, he was fine out of the hospital and they're looking, the Steelers trainers have been looking at him. We don't know his status yet for this week, uh, but the Steelers need an all hands on deck performance to show that this defense can be an elite unit. They were, they finished in the top 10 last year. If they can't do that again this year, 
this team is in, a, is in a good deal of trouble. Well, I'll tell you right now, when it comes to the Raiders' defense, they need to show up and, and show who they are, right? There was a lot of times during training camp when I said, okay, this team is going to look for the ball. They're trying to create turnovers, interceptions, strip sacks, whatever the case may be. They're trying to get their hands on the ball. They don't create very many turnovers. Well, they need to start establishing that. They haven't created any turnovers yet this season. They have four sacks on the season, so that's okay. Uh, could be a lot better, but they've got to establish themselves, right? I mean, and that's why I said that this game is going to be one in the trenches, you know, on both sides of the ball. I think, as you mentioned earlier in the show, the Raiders' defense has to step up and try to slow down or stop uh, Najee Harris. Don't let him wreck the game on the ground. Make you know, make Kenny Pickett be that guy. And if you can try to make Kenny throw the ball around the yard, then you have an opportunity to make a play. And again, they, they talked about it. They preached it all all offseason, all training camp, all preseason. Go get ball. See ball, get ball. Go hunt the ball. They haven't hunted the ball yet, so they're going to have to establish that. Again, if the Raiders are going to win this game, and I think that you know this is going to be a good, uh, you know, evenly matched game between the Steelers and the Raiders at Allegiant Stadium. I'm excited to see it. I think that there's got to be some turnovers, just like what you know you saw Pittsburgh do on Monday night, create some turnovers. Not only do they create turnovers, they score points. I ain't saying that the Raiders yeah. got to score points, but they've got to create some turnovers in this game. They've got to start establishing themselves as a team that can go and find the ball. So the trenches and creating some plays on the back end is what's really going to do it for the Raiders. For the Steelers to win this game, Chris, like what has to happen? Like What is the bare bones has to happen for them to win? Bare bones, they need to be able to put up at least at least two touchdowns on offense. They got they got to show that they can score multiple touchdowns in a single game this week. And they got to still be turnover creator. They got to limit the run and create the turnovers off that. It all starts with, with limiting the run. The Steelers have mm. talked about that for years. That is their emphasis. If they allow Josh Jacobs to take over this game, they're in a lot of trouble. Now, granted, they faced the Raiders just last year. They should know this, right? Like they, yeah. they, they went up against them and it was a, def- a great defensive game at Acrisure Stadium late last season. Cold ass game. Gonna- <laughs> it was cold. Yeah, I was out there for that one. Yeah, I'm uh, glad but- you were. I was not. That was a cold, man. That's the only way I could describe that. A cold ass game. <laughs> that was a that was a cold game. But this won't be cold. It'll be in a no, dome. It'll exactly. be in Vegas. It'll be in their environment. And this is somewhere the Steelers haven't played before. This is I think the the, the, the Raiders recently opened this stadium. Yep. And typically, historically, the Steelers I got trouble with the Raiders, even when the Raiders have been very bad and the Steelers have been very good. Like the Raiders might get two wins in the season, and one of them would be the Steelers in a year that the Steelers were like 11 and five or something like that. So the Steelers have to avoid any chances that bad mojo impacts anything. They have to, they have to stuff the run. It's, it just get, get off, start fast on offense, get at least two touchdowns. And if they stuff the run, they'll put themselves in position to get after the quarterback and play their style of defense. If the Raiders are able to st- establish the run, I think that that changes this dynamic entirely. And it could really come down to just, uh, you know, who, who's, which, which offense finds its consistency more, more often in this game. So there it is. There was, uh, you know, two teams that are looking for their identity. Right. And, uh, you know, the, the, the Steelers obviously have a better defense uh, than the Raiders do, but they're struggling on offense. The Raiders are somewhat struggling on offense right now as well. They've got to get the run game going. The Steelers really haven't got the run game going. And, you know, one weakness that the Steelers have in their defense is stopping the run. This is a game that potentially Josh Jacobs could get off. Maybe Zamir White can get off as well. I think it's a game that the running game needs to get going. So we'll talk about it coming up tomorrow. We'll have the keys to victory. What is it going to take? We'll obviously have more news and notes and we'll get back to the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. So uh, yeah, that's how we'll do on Friday. We'll close out the week really strong, head into the weekend and get ready for the very first game at Allegiant Stadium 
in 2023. So excited about that. Cannot wait to be back in the building. And, of course, we'll talk about it more on tomorrow's edition. So until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.